really do honor you, and uh, thank you so much for for serving. Well, how you doing? I was going to say welcome to Seattle, but we got Colorado back today. Blue sky, we're loving this. Have you had enough rain? Yeah, man, it's just been crazy. You kind of enjoy it, and you try to enjoy it, and then all of a sudden it's like, I didn't live in Colorado for this. Where's that blue sky? But we're so glad that uh, you are with us today. Hey, uh, Pastor Rick, would you come, and your wife, Lisa, uh, we want to just uh, pray over you guys. They are starting a new adventure in their lives. Pastor Rick has been on our pastoral team for like uh, 15 and plus years and done such a great job. He's our operations pastor. So much of the stuff behind the scenes. But God's calling them into a really unique ministry and they're becoming missionaries. But they're going to stay here. And I'm going to have him explain. Lisa, we're glad to hear that too. Lisa's been our women's ministries director in the past. She's also partners in crime with my wife, Bonnie, with You Count Campaign, anti-human trafficking. And Lisa's kind of oversees the arm of that. That's Marketplace, the products that uh, the girls make that we sell here at Timberline. So thank you for continuing to do that. But Rick, tell us a little bit about what's going on in your heart and how God's kind of been growing this over these years. Yeah, thank you. After 15 and a half years on staff here and kind of ending that, uh, first I just want to say thanks to my operations team. Sixteen wonderful people behind the scenes work very hard, unsung heroes, making ministry happen around here. They're, they're an awesome bunch of people, and thank you for your hard work and for my weekend volunteers who uh, stand post and do a great job. I really appreciate working with you guys for as many years as we have. And, and speaking of standing post, my, my heart uh, is, is, uh, feels a great need. I, for the last six years, I've been a volunteer chaplain for the Lerma County Sheriff's Office. And uh, I love hanging out with cops and taking care of them. And I just want to do that full time. And I want, it's still a volunteer position. We're stepping out in faith. We have to raise our own support. It's still a volunteer thing um, for, for them. But I, I feel a great need to be there for people, for professionals who, whose job is to run towards the battle. One, and to solve problems for people. Who see people in the worst moments of their life. And at the end of the shift, they have to go home and still be a spouse and be a parent and still have to build relationships and live a normal life. And, and uh, I want to be there to help run the battle with them, be there to be a hear, an ear to listen to what they have to say and speak into their lives maybe and help them get through what they need to do and just be there for the good times. And so that way when the trouble comes, I can be there for them also. I, l- I love hanging out with law enforcement and other first responders. It's really important. And I thank you for the opportunity that I've had here. You guys are awesome. I have a great um, spot in my heart for Timberliners and this community. I love serving you. Thank you, Derry, for living, mm-hmm. letting me serve in the, the capacity I have as a youth pastor in the early years and operations pastor in the last 10 years. And uh, I'm going to miss this place. I'm going to miss being here every day and hanging out with you guys and so thank you very much. We want to pray for them because they're really, we're going to support them as a church and others. Uh, they have to raise a significant budget to do this. But I feel like it's a missionary to our own law enforcement world. Also, Pastor Rick is really good. And there's a demand across the country for training uh, church leaders in the issues of security and safety. And it's a big deal. And so I just want us to be prayerful as they launch this, that, uh, that they know they're being backed up and they're being sent out. Amazing people, you're really good at this. And we're proud of both of you, and we thank you for serving us so well all these years. And we're just glad you're not going anywhere. <laughs> Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for Rick and Lisa. We love them. We're blessed by their friendship, by their knowledge, by how their work ethic. 
We thank you, God, for the character and integrity that's in them. We just ask you to raise them up. Give them favor with law enforcement personnel. God, open doors that they never could even dream could possibly open. We just want to be amazed at your hand at work. We thank you, God. We just pray financially that you will bless them and encourage them. Use all of us in the best way possible to move forward with this incredible vision that you've put upon them and their family. We bless them, we release them, we send them out in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. 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 Let, let Rick and Lisa you. know you appreciate them. Appreciate appreciate it. God bless we you. Thank you. you guys. Great people. Well, last weekend, Pastor Jeff launched a series called The Art of Neighboring. And we handed out these refrigerator magnets. I hope you got one. I hope it is well filled up by now. And we have some more. If you were not here last weekend, we want you to have one. So ushers, would you come? Just just w- raise your hand and wave, wave them down as they walk through the auditorium today. And we want you to have this. Now, the biggest thing about this that was very distracting to me when I first got it was that your house is not in the right place. And that your neighborhood doesn't really look like this. Anyone else annoyed by that? Well, get over it. Okay. <laughs> The idea here is to know your neighbors and to put their names in these boxes. So what I want you to do, we're going to wrap up this series next weekend. But over these three weekends, we're really talking about what does it mean to be a good neighbor? What is God's design? What is His plan for us? And so we're asking you to actually write the names down of your neighbors uh, over the next few months. If you don't know them, put this on your fridge and just begin praying for them. That's not too difficult to do. And ask God to help you. Um, so that's what we want you to do. Hopefully you can, you can take that. I uh, am really excited about the fact that right now, these three weekends in, in uh, northern Colorado here, in Fort Collins especially, 21 churches are doing this series together. And though we're each do building our own sermons, uh, the, the heart and the topics are the same. And so lots of believers are being reminded that they live in a neighborhood and make a difference when you can. So let's trust God. To kind of let things happen. How many of you have ever borrowed something from your neighbor? A cup of sugar, you know, eggs or whatever. Or you've loaned something to someone. You know, if you're, if you're neighbors for a long time, you really get to know people. We lived in an apartment complex for, for quite a few years. And we got to know our, our neighbors, especially the noises that they made to the south. And we had someone living above us. And those are different kind of challenges. What kind of a neighbor am I going to be? I was, Bonnie and I were visiting my mom in Missouri a while back, and they were telling us a story that was on the news about a guy that had died, and the neighbors started coming over to help his wife plan some stuff, and they were going through the garage. Well, when they went into the garage, they started seeing all of their stuff, they had their tools. This guy was a thief, and he would help him with the project and help himself to the saw or the drill or, the, or whatever. His garage was filled up with all of their stuff. So you don't want to be that kind of a neighbor, all right? We want to be neighbors that are a blessing in our neighborhood. This is a a huge thing. When you think about the fact that Jesus was asked this question, what is the greatest commandment? And he thought about it for a minute and he said, how many of you remember what he said? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. The greatest commandment that God could give us is to love Him 
and to love our neighbor. Now, we know that the word neighbor, sometimes we define that theologically as anyone on the planet because we know that we can get just about anywhere in the world right now. But I, I think it's imperative for us to actually stop and think about our actual neighborhood. The people that are right next door. Do we know them? Do we even know their name? Do we know much about them? And so I want to talk about taking the time or making the time. This message is, is challenging you because we live busy, busy lives. And, and Mary and Martha are going to be at the heart of this story. How many of you remember this story? And I, I was so inspired by this. This is actually someone last night, Eric and Trina uh, Freehoff, we're at a yard sale, and this lady had made this. It's called Mary and Martha Ministry. Right here's a label. And she made, she ordered these tins, like for food, like to put food in for people. And then the tops that you put on all have a verse on them. And, and it was inspired by this phrase, the servanthood of Martha and the heart of Mary. And I thought, man, that's really well said. And so if you need some chicken come on up here we got some chicken in in here no we don't really number one in your outline i want you to just jot this down and think about it with me is your home a place of welcome is your home a place where people really do feel welcome if you have a bible go to luke chapter 10 and we're going to break down the story verse by verse verse 38 as jesus and the who how many of them were there Twelve altogether, continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Now, I think the, the disciples were there as well, so that's quite a few guests to have in your home. I don't know if you like to entertain or if you like to cook, but when you're going to take on this many people, a bunch of big eating guys, <laughs> that's a lot. And there's nothing better than feeling at home when you go into someone's house. I can't explain it, but there's some people who just have a gift. When you walk in, you just feel like you can take your shoes off, make yourself at home. It's, it's yours. And, and what makes that quality? What, what is it when, when we can make people feel at home in our homes? How many of you have a welcome mat that says, actually says welcome on it in front of your house? Okay. Have you ever really stopped to think about that? Do we mean that? I, I went out and looked in our front yard. I knew we had a map, but I didn't know if it said welcome on it, and it does. And what does that mean? Does that mean really that you're welcome to just walk in? No, it doesn't, right? So how welcoming will I be? Our, our homes, here's the tension. Our homes are, are sometimes a place of solitude and privacy. But, but our homes are also a place probably best to get to know people and develop friendship and care. And so it's a, it's a tension that we've got to learn to manage in our lives. And so how welcome will I want people to feel in our home? I was on a hike in Breckenridge with some of our pastors a few years ago at our retreat. And they warned us below. We were asking, what's a good hike? And they were telling us, well, this is a really good hike, but you're going to go buy a house that's a lone cabin. The guy that lives there is antisocial. He hates people. Don't engage him. Don't talk to him. Some people say he's insane. And, and sure enough, we walked by and saw the smoke coming out the stack. He was outside chopping wood. He wouldn't, didn't look at us, didn't engage him. And there's a sign right on his property line next to the trail. It says, not exactly this, but something like this. 
if you step on my land, I will shoot you. Like it's handwritten, like in blood. No, it wasn't in blood. But it was kind of creepy, you know, thinking about, here's someone who's basically saying, don't engage me. I don't want to know you. I don't need you. I'm fine by myself. And i got to tell you, even though people sometimes have that attitude, there's a reality that God made us with a need for other people in our lives. And so what does it take to be that kind of neighbor that can use that space and use our lives to be light and to engage with people? I, uh, I, I'm th- I thank God for, for our, our neighborhood. I, we live w- where many of you live, in a great neighborhood, and, and we have some great people who live there. And I'm, I'm thankful because there's a lot of things that are shared. We share space. There's walkways and, and, and a neighborhood community building and things that we can share with one another. But not everyone feels connected in their neighborhood. So what are we going to do about that? What, what do we need to say today? Let me just walk you through the second point because this is where it gets interesting. What are the tensions between being and doing? Like being and doing. When is it that I'm going to do stuff and when is it that I just need to, to not do anything and just be present for somebody? Because both are needed. And the story unfolds that Martha is doing all the cooking and she's preparing the meal. And Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, soaking in everything that he says. And it's in verse 39. Her sister, Mary, sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner that she was preparing. Now, I thank God for Martha. And just so you know, Jesus later on, when he says Mary's choosing the right thing, he's not... He's not angry at Martha. He's not scolding her. He's simply saying, in this moment, you only have me for this time. She chose wisely. But I thank God for the Marthas of the world. You know, and I thank God. So she has a ministry too. There's kind of the Marys of the world who really like the party. They like to talk with the people. They like someone handing them an appetizer and a drink. They're social. They're the ones who are comfortable sitting down on the couch. Hey, how's it going? They, they like, they're not really aware of the work that's going in or what needs to be done. They're just happy to be there. They're walking around socializing with everybody. They're not worried about if there's enough food. They're not worried about those types of things. Then there's the Martha people. The Martha people don't really notice who, who's in the room. They're busy. And they are thinking about the food. And they're going to be the people who offer you the appetizer and the drink. They're constantly trying to create conversation with those who are unengaged. They see that person who's sitting alone and they feel bad because they want it to be a good party for them too. They're worried about the amount of food. Because they saw little Johnny take like a whole plate. You know what I'm saying? And so they're like, oh, we got to get some food. They're worried that they're going to run out. Is there enough seating? And so they recruit someone to get some more chairs from downstairs. And they hope they don't look around when they go downstairs because they didn't clean the downstairs, you know. Then they see a little dust above one of the cabinets. And they thought they cleaned it. So they get a rag and they're running around hoping no one notices. They, they are busy thinking about this. They see a cloud rolling and they're freaking out that it might rain because it never rains in Colorado. Why would it rain on the day that I have people and I need this outside seating? There's a, there's a challenge for them. They don't even know really about the people because they're on duty. And we need the Marys and we need the Marthas. Let's face it, we're all different and we all have issues in our neighborhood. When you look at the typical neighborhood, 
I was thinking about this. Um, everyone has similar stories. It's, it's kind of like the, you know, the, the person three houses down that, that if you're on a walk, you don't want to talk to them because they will talk to you for 35 minutes. You know, they will pull out their phone and show you the newest pictures of their grandkids, and you just won't be able to get away. How many of you have someone like that? And you like them. You just don't want to spend half your life with them, you know? Um, then you have that, that other neighbor that you just don't want to be around because, you know, their dog pooped in your yard, you know, and it's just really annoying. You think it was their dog. You know, it was three years ago, but you're not going to forget that. Um, you know, you, that, that one man who looks at me weird and gives me the creeps, I don't want to be around them. Then there's the party house. Everyone has a party house in the neighborhood, and it's busy, and they stay up late, and they trash things, and they have 28 people living in their extra bedroom, and you just don't know why, what happened there. Then there's that one house, the one house that never keeps their yard like they're supposed to. Everyone else is trim, neat, packaged, but this yard, and they don't even know that it brings the whole neighborhood down. And then there's the HOA rule breakers. These people are bad. I mean, they are bad. They keep their camper in front of their house seven hours past the allotted time. You know what I'm saying? And you call the police on them because they broke the HO. Then there's the driveway curb thief. And they park on your curb. It's just wrong. How many of you know what I'm talking about here? It's very scary. And you're, you're tempted. So you want to just pull your car out of the garage and park there so they can't have that space. Even though it's legal for them to park there, it's just not very good because that's your space. People need to keep their garage doors down. You don't want to look at their clutter. How many of you, these are the reasons why you bought a ranch and you don't have any neighbors? Let me see your hand. Yeah, okay. There we go. There we go. Man, it's a mess, isn't it? All these challenges that we have, and yet we are to love our neighbors. That's a challenge for us. How can I be Mary and engage with the Lord, and how can I be Martha and do the things navigating well through my neighborhood. How can I find that balance? Look at number three. How can we set the priorities? I've called it the priorities of the heart. Where I really make a willful, intentional decision about how I'm going to live my life in my neighborhood. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this because I've thought about it. It's not just an accident. Look at what happens. Martha comes to Jesus, the next verse there, and says to him, Lord, (laughs) this is so funny, doesn't it seem unfair to you? That's a loaded question, right? She's talking to the Lord, the Son of God. Doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister, by the way, where is her sister? She's sitting at the feet of Jesus. So, So Martha's saying this to Jesus. Here's Mary right here. Doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here? While I do all the work, tell her to come and help me. Wow. Some things never change in families. This is her sister. Martha's a doer. And Mary's trying to listen to the words of Jesus. And I don't really blame Martha. You know, it's annoying when you're trying to get something done and someone just doesn't seem to want to engage or care. And so she finally comes and says, tell her to help me. I think about this in terms of how we do life and how busy you are. You are a busy person. As a matter of fact, it's almost like in our country, we're proud of how busy we are. You talk to somebody and they will be happy to tell you all the things they have to accomplish and all the things they have to do and how busy they are and how they need more time. I I love this quote. It's kind of sad, but it's a reality by John Ortberg. He wrote this, Busyness and hurry are the enemies of relationship 
and intimacy. It's true. You know, if Bonnie and I are going to have a date night or really want to spend some quality time together and do something fun, if she said to me and, you know, looked at me and said, you know what, we have 18 minutes, let's have fun. It wouldn't be fun because this, this timeline would be starting and we would just be worried about the timeline. And yet that's how we do relationships most of the time. And so it's a challenge for us to step back today and say, God, what does it really mean for me to carve into my life a willful, intentional decision to know who my neighbors are and to be available for them and to pay attention to the needs that they have? What creates availability in my life? You know, we, we, one thing that we all have in common is that, I mean, we might not make the same amount of money, we might not live in the same neighborhood, we might not drive or like the same kind of cars, but let me tell you something, we all have the exact same amount of time in our lives. Everybody has 24 hours in a day, everybody. And you choose to fill it up and I choose to fill it up. And you might say, but I don't choose what I want. No, you might not. But you're making decisions by how you live with what you do with every minute of every day in your life. And how about us take a look to say, Lord, how I'm planning my life, is it pleasing to you? Am I a good neighbor? When I think of life, I think of kids, I think of pets, work, the challenges that we have. There are so many issues in our lives. It's on and on. The complexity of relationships. Wow, we need God to help us. So how are we going to do this? I want to, I want to go to number four here. This really is important. How will I discern the right timing? You know what one of my greatest fears was in doing this series? Is that across our community we were going to create a bunch of Christianites who, thought, who would think that we're sending them into their neighborhoods to be you know, Bible-thumping Christians and they're going to knock on every door and, and try to share the gospel, whether it's the right timing or not. So please don't do that. What this is about is loving people, whether they ever come to faith or not. It's about saying, I'm available to be in your life. Some of your neighbors don't want you involved in their life. They like their privacy, and the best way you can love them is to leave them alone. And only engage when the opportunity is there. Matter of fact, let me show you a little video clip of what not to do. <laughs> Hola! Hola, amigo! Hola, mi amigo! Hola, amigo. Hola, mi amigo. Por favor, uno momento. Ah. Hola, vecino. Uh, te gustera venir uh, conmigo a la iglesia el domingo. Mi iglesia es muy dorito. Dur dorito? Uh, oh, <laughs> dervitido. Uh, y se puede transformar tu vida de pecano. Oh, Picado, Picado. <laughs> not, not Picano, but, but, uh, Picano says muy delicioso. See? 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 See, I, I don't even know, See? I don't even know what you're saying. You speak English? Yes. You're not a Spaniard. Well, I'm a quarter Hispanic, but I don't, I don't speak the language. Seriously? 
Yeah, I never... Seriously. <laughs> I never learned the leg. Seriously. What were you saying? Never mind. <laughs> Don't do it like that. Oh, my goodness, the mistakes that we make. You know, um, it's so important that we get this right. And so let me just see, let me show you what Jesus said uh, to Martha. In verse 41 it says, But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha. That's a very intimate statement. It's like saying your name twice and looking you in the eye. Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset over all of these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it. It will not be taken away from her. He's not trying to scold her. He's trying to say, this is a moment in time when you need to have the right priority. And, and this is what I want us to take away from this today. I want us to understand that there are moments that we're going to have in our neighborhoods with the people that we're doing life with, and maybe we haven't even met yet, when God may open a door for you. When you might have a conversation and I would want to encourage you to make sure you are ready and willing to keep the conversation on them. Conversation is a two-way street. I get that. But we're really good at turning conversation back to ourselves. Someone says, we went to, took our kids to Disneyland last week. And what do we typically say? Oh, I went to Disneyland three years ago. What did we just do? We turned it right back to us. How about saying, did you like it? Was it fun? What did your kids think? Where did you stay? What was your favorite ride? All these questions, all these things that keep this conversation. There are three words I think that will change the world. And, I, and they're not I love you, even though those are powerful words. In conversation, I, I hope you'll remember these three words. Tell me more. Tell me more. When you say tell me more, tell me about that, you are letting someone open up their life to you. Because you are interested. And you know what? Not very many people on this planet are interested in other people. We are typically interested in good old number one. So you can, you can make a marked difference in someone's life by simply saying, tell me about that. Read Jesus. That's what he did. He, he sees the woman at the well. Tell me about this. He sees Zacchaeus in a tree. Tell me your story. Let's go to your house for dinner. He takes the time to listen to people's story. That's what we need to be about as a church. Understanding these moments when they come. And not making our neighbors a project. And that's the worst thing you can do. What we have to do instead is just love God and love people authentically. And take note of those moments where God is opening a door for you to have a nice conversation. And you don't have to try to turn every conversation to God. You with me? Sometimes that gets old for people. It's, it's awkward for me sometimes because I'm a pastor. And, and people are pretty much themselves for a while until they ask what I do. And then, and then when I say, I'm a pastor, they're like, oh, sorry, I said whatever that word was that I said a while ago. Oh, sorry, oh, sorry, oh. You know, and they start apologizing for everything. And I'm like, no, don't, don't wreck our relationship now just because I'm a pastor. Matter of fact, years ago we went on a, a cruise and we were very excited and, and a family, a Timberliner, was there on the boat and they came up and said hi and we love Timberline and it's great to have you on the boat. And we walked away and Bonnie said, this is really bad. And I said, what do you mean? She said, can you imagine going on a cruise to find that your pastor is on the boat? 
I'm taking notes, you know. It's, it's, it's a challenge, but, but I have learned if I can just be me and not have an agenda and, and not try to make every conversation come around to God, sometimes it will. But if you're their friend in real life, when they have an issue, when they want to talk about faith, they will. And they will bring it up. And God will use those moments in your life to make a difference in your neighborhood. Trust Him. Living with awareness means, and there's four things I want to wrap up with. And I hope you'll take these seriously and, 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 and put them around you for a while. Number one, I will know my neighbors. I'm, I'm, I'm really committed to this. Bonnie and I both are. We, we've done a pretty good job. We have great neighbors. We know them. We know their names. We have a new neighbor that just moved in. We're getting to know them. It might take years for you to really get to know your neighbors, but make it an intentional decision to say, I'm going to know who these people are. And, and go at the speed of relationship that they want to have. You know, if they're not open and they don't want to do much, that's fine too. Just be available when you can. Number two, I will discern the moments to engage. Be wise. You know, be thoughtful about moments when you really engage with your neighbors. Don't force a conversation that they're not wanting to have. Being a good neighbor means loving people the way they need to be loved. And that's not always the way you need to be loved. But being sensitive to that is very important. That's what Jesus did. Number three, I will communicate care without words. You know, maybe you like to shovel snow. We'll pray for you later. Okay, but maybe you could go a little farther on the sidewalk. Maybe you could actually shovel your neighbor's sidewalk once in a while. Maybe, maybe there's a way that you can show care. Maybe you can keep your yard up. Maybe you can pick up after yourself. Maybe you can... You know, not be that, that person in the neighborhood that's annoying to everyone else. Maybe, maybe you can lift the whole neighborhood by how you live and what you do and your friendliness and your kindness. It just matters. These things really matter. And you're not going to burn any bridges. You're going to offer to help when you can. Keep an eye out for your neighborhood. How many of you have a neighborhood watch? You know, I, I don't really know exactly what that means. It's like, you know, I sit at the window. Bonnie, I'm watching. No, it just means that I'm aware of anything that might be strange going on. And I'm going to pay attention because I want to help protect and encourage people in my neighborhood. These things really do matter. And lastly, number four, I will live relationally for the long haul. Guys, if there's one thing that you take away today, I want to just remind you, be patient in your relationships with your neighbors. Don't try to make something happen today. Don't run out of here and say, i got to do this today. Just look for natural opportunities to make a difference. Being supernaturally natural. That's a key phrase that I really love. I love for Christian people, people who are following the teachings of Jesus, to be supernaturally natural. So that I'm discerning when someone is hurting. I'm discerning when there's a need in one of my neighbors. And I can help meet that need. Let's be that kind of a neighbor for people. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you today for... This opportunity to talk about this very thing. And maybe there's some, some challenges that, that we have in our lives that have kept us from really being intentional about loving people that you've, you've called to live right in our neighborhood. And I ask you to convict us in the right way. Not a guilt trip, but in the right way to say, how can I be the neighbor you're asking me to be? For some of you, you're just really super busy right now. And I just... I want to pray that if you feel like the Spirit is kind of
kind of challenging you to maybe slow down a bit. Maybe you've got too much Martha and you're a task person and, and people are coming and going and you don't even notice. Would you just bring that to the Lord right now and just say, Lord, man, I'm, I'm pretty driven here and I haven't been sensitive to being the kind of neighbor that I really want to be. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters that are just in this situation. In my own life, Lord, when I get busy and I walk right by an opportunity that I don't even see it, I, just, I ask you to convict me and help me. Show us, Lord, as your kids how to be neighbors that are filled with love and that we see opportunities and that, that we are not afraid to bring your smile, your kind word into that conversation. Give us wisdom with it. Show us how to discern for the people who want nothing to do with us or you. I pray that we would also know how to be their friend, know how to build a bridge to them. Give us that wisdom, I pray, Lord. Secondly, I just want us to take a moment right now to be really intentional about praying for our neighbors. The magnet, I hope that as you get names on there, that if nothing else, you'll just use it to pray for your neighbors and call them by name. So right now, if you know any names of your neighbors, I want you to just visualize their house next to you. Uh, what it looks like, just kind of walk on the sidewalk or whatever, the apartment building you live in, and just see it, look at it in your mind. And just right now, let's take let's take 60-second pause to call those names out that you do know. And if you don't know their names, then just pray for the people who are inside that house that you can you can visualize around you. Go ahead and do that now. Show us how to care, Lord. Show us how to pray. Show us how to be kind. Let us walk through the doors that you open. Thank you that you've called us to love you. And you've called us to love our neighbors. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love you guys. I'm proud of you. Looking forward to hearing the stories and seeing what God's going to do with just your kindness and your love in the area that you live in. Ushers, come, would you? We're going to receive our offering. If you're a guest with us, we don't expect you to give in this offering. Just be our guest. This would be the time to drop that connection card in as the plate goes by. But uh, thank you for giving through Timberline. Uh, It makes a difference locally and globally. Let's just pray and ask God to use these funds for His purposes. Lord, we've prepared... Financially, we know that you own it all, and we're stewards of what you've put in our hands. Thank you for people who take giving seriously, and uh, we give today with joy in our hearts. Let us be cheerful givers, and thank you for the kingdom of God that we can support in your name. Amen. Sing this song from your heart. Great song. Spirit of God. Oh 
thank you today that we can gather in the mighty name of Jesus freely in this country. We ask you to spend us, take us to those places you want to take us. Use all of our gifts, talents, and abilities for the purposes of God. We thank you for this gathering in your precious name. I want our prayer team to come up here. You guys, if you want prayer for anything going on in your life, we would love to pray with you, believe with you uh, about circumstances you face or relationships that are difficult right now. And lots of tables in the mall, lots of stuff. Uh, Say it with me before you go. The service starts now. How true it is. Thanks for being Timberline. God bless you. Have a great weekend.